Yes, well, that's being sorted. I'd like to you to turn to your Bible in Romans chapter one. Romans chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles to faith and obedience for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome, who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's word, but by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you but have been prevented from doing this until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have among the other Gentiles. I am obligated, both to the Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, Amen. first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. <clears throat> now I was going to ask you, and I forgot, I was going to ask you to see how many times the word gospel is mentioned in that reading. And because I didn't ask and because you weren't looking, I'll tell you. Six times in that passage, the gospel is mentioned. And Paul is writing to uh, not only teach about the gospel, but encourage the preaching of the gospel. Now we usually put our, when we write a letter, we usually put our name at the end of the letter. We sign off. It might be love mum or it might be from Uncle Bob or, or whatever. Sometimes we would 
write our name and then put some credential like JP or some educational qualification that we have. We sign off on our letters. Paul signs in. At the beginning here he mentions who he is. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. So we have his character. He's a servant. We have his calling. It says... Um, now I've just got to find it. In, in verse 1, he says, A servant of Jesus called to be an apostle. That's his calling. Then we have his commission, set apart for the gospel of God. And then we have his credentials in verse 5, through him, that is through Jesus Christ, we receive grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles to faith and obedience for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Isn't it good that in the gospel we are called to belong? Sometimes people have a sense of um, isolation, a sense of loneliness, but in the gospel we are called to belong. Not only to belong to Jesus Christ, but to belong to all those who likewise have faith in Christ for the forgiveness of sins. But Paul here gives us a summary of the gospel. And so in verse 2, it says, It was promised beforehand by his prophets. It was promised in the Old Testament scriptures. The coming of the Lord Jesus to be the Saviour. So it's proclaimed beforehand. And uh, it came to pass when Christ Jesus came into the world. And that is what the gospel is all about. The coming into the world of the Lord Jesus to give his life as a sacrifice for our sins. So it's promised in the Old Testament. It's regarding God's Son, this gospel. And it is proclaimed, as verse 5 says, through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles to faith and obedience for his name's sake. And so in the gospel, we have uh, it promised in the Old Testament. It's about God's Son and it is proclaimed even to today. I often lie in bed and, and think, early in the morning, I mean, I think at other times, but early in the morning, I think. And I thank God that when I'm awake early, about six o'clock, the gospel's already been preached over in New Zealand or somewhere to the east of us. And then it'll be preached in Australia and all, nation, all the countries that are in line up the world with Australia. And then it'll go on through to India and, and on through to Israel and on through to uh, the United States and all of Europe and then on to America while we're sleeping. It's their daytime. And all around the world, the gospel is being proclaimed. And so Paul loved the gospel. And I want to give you another summary. In here we have a summary of what the gospel is and what it does and what it can accomplish. But I want to read to you another summary 
that Paul gives us of the gospel, and that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1, this is what it says. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. I preach to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For I received from the Lord, well, I received for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. And so in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, we get another summary of the gospel. This is how we put it. Christ died for our sins. Emphasise the our. It wasn't for his sins. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised again. And he appeared to the disciples and others. This is pivotal to an understanding of the plan and purpose of God. Um, as some people in his day were saying, there's no resurrection. You live, you die and that's it. People are saying that also today. But if there's no resurrection, then Christ is not raised. And if Christ is not raised, then we're still in our sins. Never been forgiven. But we can thank God that at the cross, the price was paid. And through that, we can know the forgiveness of our sins. If, if that's true, that there's no resurrection, then Paul is saying our preaching is vain and futile, our faith is useless, we're still in our sins, and those who have died have perished. Thank God that's not what we believe. In verse 19, this is what he says. Um, though, uh, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all others. If only in this life we have hope in Christ, and nothing's beyond this life, then we of all people are to be pitied because we need to know with assurance that Christ has died and forgiven us of our sins and that procures for us a home that's eternal in the heavens. And 
He says, preaching is vain and futile, our faith is useless, we're still in our sins, and those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. <coughs> but, notice what verse 19 says of our chapter. If only in this life you have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than others. First uh, Corinthians 15 and verse 20 says this, But... After he says that about if only in this life we have hope, then nothing's beyond than we're to be pitied above all men on earth, all people on earth. Verse 20 says, but, put a circle around the but. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a human being, the Bible says, as in Adam, all die. We're all part of that Adamic family. We're all descendants from Adam. As in Adam, all die. Um, but since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a human being. As in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive, but in this order. Now notice the order. <coughs> Christ, the firstfruits. He was the first in the plan of God. There were those who were raised from the dead by a miracle in the Old Testament, but in terms of the plan and purpose of God, it says, but in this order, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. In, in Bible times, the, the gathering of the harvest wasn't mechanical like we have. They went through with the, and picked by hand. And the first fruits of the harvest were those that were gathered in first and used for special purpose, whatever that might be. But after the indication of the first fruits that the harvest was ripening, then they could go in <coughs> and make the harvest. And that's what Paul says here. Christ the first fruit, then when he comes, those who belong to him. <coughs> now the inference there is, when he comes, when is he coming? <coughs> when he comes, those who belong to him will be gathered up and be with Jesus forever when he comes. But when is he coming? We don't know. Therefore, we should be ready for his coming. We should be ready for the coming again of the Lord Jesus. Um, he will gather those who belong to him. Verse 24 says, Then the end will come. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And so when Christ comes he will 
come to gather, to take away, to gather using the harvest term, come to gather all those who have their faith in him for the forgiveness of their sins. And not only those who are alive, but those who have died trusting in Christ. They will be raised and given new bodies. And the scripture elsewhere says, and will meet the Lord in the air. Amen. Now, in my thinking, all that is happening so quickly because it's when the Lord is coming back in judgment on earth that these things happen. He will be, the Bible says, our deliverer from the wrath to come. So the wrath is coming. And as the wrath is coming, he delivers us from that wrath to come. Isn't that wonderful? To know Jesus Christ as Saviour and have a hope. How many people give up today because they have no hope? Not only in this life, but a hope for that which is future. We need to have hope in God. And uh, we need to be uh, ready for the coming again of our Lord Jesus. Um, so in, in verse 20 to 25, let's read that again. And, and with what has been said, may we have some renewal in our heart as to the coming again of Christ. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits, they are the first fruits. I, I, I've never planted an orchard or I've never, honestly, I've never even grown something in the garden. But the first fruits are those that ripen first. <coughs> and when you gather the first fruits, it's an indication that there is a bigger lot coming later on. The first fruits are an indication of a harvest to come. And so Christ, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a human being. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ. In Christ. We're all in Adam. We all have a genealogy. And, and you, if it were possible, we could trace it back right to Adam. Amen. But while we have a genealogy in Adam, um, in Adam we die. But in Christ, all will be made alive. In Christ. That is when we know God's salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We are ready for his coming again. This is the order. Christ the firstfruits. Then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Amen. Isn't it good? Isn't it good to belong to Christ? For when he comes, we'll be taken to be with him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority 
and power. He is going to reign supreme. No one is greater than Christ. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And uh, let's, let me just... Well, that, that's 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, that uh, tells us also, as did Romans chapter 1, about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so we can rejoice together. We can be assured that if we have faith in Christ, then we will be with him forever. <coughs> How grand is the gospel of Christ? How great is the gospel of Christ? You know, I love mornings. And I know you're not awake at quarter to six of a morning, but I'm going to work at that time. And I see on a clear morning the morning star out in the eastern sky. And I see not the sun, but the, the brightness of the rising sun. That which comes before the sunrise. And while I'm looking in the east and anticipating a new day, I look to the west and it's still dark. But we have come from darkness to light. And we anticipate that when Jesus comes, the morning star is the indicator of the coming day. Jesus Christ will come <coughs> as the morning star to issue in a day where the sun is shining. An eternal day that never has a night. I can't look to that side as I ride down Boston Street. Here. I can't look to that side and see the sun light. And look to that side and also see the sunlight. Because we have day and night. But when Jesus comes, it will be a day that knows no night. Won't that be great? Won't that be great? And so we can rejoice together. Malachi 4 speaks about the sun of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. So we can be encouraged. And in um, our reading here, uh, in, in Romans chapter 1, for in the gospel, verse 17 it says, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. We believe and uh, anticipate the coming again of the Lord Jesus as the rising of the Son of Righteousness.
Enjoy the thoughts today and take them with you through the week. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that he came into the world to be our saviour. Thank you that he's coming again to be our deliverer from the wrath that is to come. We thank you for all that we have in him and help us in this week, we pray, to rejoice once, twice and over and over in the fact that salvation found in Jesus is a salvation that is secure forever. We bless you to, at this time and give our thanks for all your goodness and pray that we might treasure your word in our hearts today. Amen.